Until 1973, there had never been a musical film about the life of Jesus. Then all of a sudden, three came along in one go. Jesus Christ Superstar, Johnny Cash's The Gospel Road, and Godspell. Like Superstar, Godspell was based on a hit musical version of The Life of Christ. Primary considerations aside, however, the two shows were actually quite different. Whereas the Jesus of Superstar skipped over its leading man's life to concentrate on the events leading up to his death, Godspell is far more concerned with his life and ministry, and opts to pass over his death more quickly. Superstar was more controversial in the questions it posed about Jesus, but Godspell was more creative and innovative about the way that it posed them. However, a major similarity between the two is that both film adaptations are fairly bold reinterpretations of the original works. Superstar, superficially, places the musical in the context of a story of a group of students making it. Godspell locates the film in 70s New York, where John the Baptist calls Jesus' disciples from their mundane jobs in the city to live temporarily with Jesus in a deserted Central Park. Jesus dresses in a Superman t-shirt and clown's shoes, and his death is also given a new interpretation. Theoretically, it's also possible to determine the difference between the two films in terms of class. Superstar containing students and the educated. Godspell looking at the lives of ordinary working people called for more mundane jobs such as taxi driving. Looking back, both the original musical and, in particular, the film have not dated well. Many of the decisions that were bold at the time now look incredibly kitsch and camp, and the flaws have become more obvious. While the costumes and the interplay between the characters have particularly failed the test of time, the biggest flaw for me, at least, is the way Jesus' opposition and death are presented. Whilst the recontextualization of the story into 70s New York works on various levels, it takes Jesus out of his original political and religious context and fails to offer a fresh alternative. This, combined with the way the show removes Jesus' confrontation and challenge, means that ultimately there's no one left to oppose him. When it's time for his opposition, the film wheels out a robot figure to challenge him, and Jesus' betrayal lacks any sense of motivation. The use of an electric fence to crucify Jesus also weakens this part of the film. Ultimately, it's not at all clear why he died, let alone what meaning such an event might have had. It simply happens because the original story dictates that it must do. But the finished film still has its strengths. Chiefs amongst them is the way the film reinvigorates Jesus' parables. Looking at Jesus' teaching after 2,000 years of church history, it's easy to forget that the parables were once unknown. To us, they have lost their element of surprise and creativity. Godspell does much to counteract that. It gives these stories fresh vitality, and whilst those familiar with their Gospels will still see the endings coming, the recontextualization does much to restore the original challenge, at least in places. Despite the works claimed to be based on the Gospel of Matthew, the bits of Jesus' teaching that Godspell incorporates are actually drawn from both Matthew and Luke. The parable of the Good Samaritan, the Pharisee and the Publican, the rich man and Lazarus, and the prodigal son are all unique to Luke. This, and the show's emphasis on Jesus the teacher, has led Richard Walsh to consider the film to be more based on Q, the theoretical teaching source that both Matthew and Luke may have drawn on to fill out their Gospels. That the play is so reliant on Jesus' teaching means that miracles are largely absent from the film. 
Indeed, even the resurrection is depicted simply by Jesus' still dead body being carried victoriously into the city by his reinvigorated disciples. Whilst presumably this is intended to represent a theology of the resurrection akin to Rudolf Bultmann, whereby the resurrection is a metaphor to describe the fresh hope that the disciples discover in Jesus' message, the finished product actually undermines such a view. It doesn't appear to be intentional, but the sight of Jesus follows carrying his corpse victoriously into central New York seems, on reflection, to be plain bizarre. Perhaps the disciples don't care about this man that has lived and just died amongst them. Perhaps carrying his dead body into town doesn't bring home the fact that he's dead. Either way, this resurrectionless ending poses a question as to how anyone who truly loved Jesus could be so joyful so soon after his death were there not to have been the ending that is accredited with the birth in Christianity. That said, miracles are present in some degree at the start of the film. There, the John the Baptist character simultaneously appears in various places at once. There's heavy use of camera trickery here, albeit in a very self-conscious manner, and in some ways this too represents the supernatural aspect of Jesus' ministry. Interestingly, once Jesus begins to teach, such trickery disappears. Whether the film is saying that Jesus' miracles were simply a way to get people's attention, or that they, the need for miracles was superseded by his teaching is not entirely clear. But it is interesting that there is one final example of this right at the end of the film. Jesus' disciples carry his body round a corner, and suddenly the streets are no longer deserted, and the disciples and Jesus are no longer visible. That's all for this month. There will be another Jesus Films podcast shortly.